All right. Uh, this is a little bit of a preamble to the show. Uh, what this show was intending to be was to uh, be mostly, predominantly, a listening of Mitch Zeller, uh, which was put out by Dimitri. And what I found out after I did the show is that uh, for some reason he's had to take down this uh, audio. Uh, I don't understand why. He says he's going to put it back up. I thought the show that he did was pretty darn good. Uh, even though I didn't agree with all of his comments, I thought it was good that he was playing the Mitch Seller FDA interview. I don't have a clean copy of it, and what happens as I'm trying to play it and trying to make comments to it is that it's not a good thing to do. I should get the original recording. However, uh, since I've already put this down, I'm just going to let it play uh, the, at the beginning. Uh, there'll be another introduction that I did live during the show, and I'll talk a little bit about Trump, talk a little bit about California, talk about uh, you know some disappointments with advocacy and st stuff like that. Uh, and that's going to be the show. Um, so I think if you want to hear most of what you would normally listen to, you just listen to the first part of it. And then when I go into the interview with Mitch Zeller, you can stop it there. If you'd like to listen to it, go for it. And I'll let the rest of the show uh, play on. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right, welcome to the show. This is the Vape Week. Today is November 11th, so it's 11-11-16. That's correct. It's Friday. Uh, apparently, there's going to be a giant moon coming up. Uh, I think it might be tonight, where the moon is 22,000 miles closer to the Earth than it normally is. So they call it a giant moon. The next one, then, when I was reading this, is going to be as close as this one will be in uh, 2034 so uh, if you guys like the moon like somebody named Wolf uh, then go and check out the moon it's supposed to be a very big big moon um, and if you can get it right right on the horizon is the best time to catch the moon I can tell you that uh, let's see what else um, wrote down a few things the main thing that I'm going to be doing on today's show is going through an audio uh, that uh, Dimitri has made available uh, which is uh, from Mitch Zeller, and I guess this is the Safada tape. Now, Dimitri did a whole show on this, and I was driving around, and I caught some of it, uh, and I knew I wanted to use it, so uh, I uh, I grabbed it off the Internet, and uh, that's what I'm going to use tonight. And uh, what I'm going to try and do is make sure that I'm... I'm going. I, I first of all, I thank Dimitri for, for you know publishing it, but uh, I'm going to try and be reasonable about this and not... Uh, not include what his remarks are. I heard about 20 minutes of the middle of it. I haven't heard most of this actually. So what I'm going to be doing is just listening to uh, Mitch Zeller and then commenting myself. Now, uh, anybody that hasn't heard the whole Dimitri version, they should listen to that. And what you can do is you can go over to uh, smokefreeradio.com. I don't think there's a hyphen on that, but let me check it real fast. Uh, you go to smokefreeradio.com. And then uh, you click on the replays and you'll find this there. And uh, I haven't been listening to as many shows. I've been doing dealing with uh, some family priorities lately. And I haven't been listening to as many of the shows as I have before. But I did catch half of this. Or at least I was driving in the car and listened to it. So I want to go through it. Uh, and again, what you should do if you want to listen to this, uh, Dimitri's version, uh, is go over to Smoke Free Radio. 
from there, um, I'm going to talk about a couple other things. Um, and that's going to be what I've written down as Trump, uh, California, and uh, advocacy. So with that, I'll start the show. Here's the show. My name's Ed Wolf. You can reach me at vapingindustry at gmail.com, vapingindustry at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to contact me about anything, uh, and uh, this show, as you know, uh, broadcast on Friday. However, it's really designed for the replays. If anybody is in the room, and I know there are a few people, and they want to call up, they need to go ahead and say so in the chat because I'm just not going to open up the phone lines if nobody's going to use them today. I am just, just don't feel like doing it. So let me go and check that right now. Uh, there's uh, several people there that weren't there the last time I saw. Does anybody, I'll type it out. Does anybody want to call in? Question mark. Okay. And so that's out there. So everybody's seeing that. And uh, uh, I don't know. I would, if at all possible, I would like to have Kathy Hope and Duro both call up. Uh, let me type that. Well, they're either listening or not. If they could both call up, if they're going to get in a fight again, I think I gave a pretty good play-by-play. -play. That was in, if anybody listens to the replay, if Kathy, Kathy and Duro, I did try and feature that because it was a live broadcast. All right, so um, Trump, I think that uh, as from from a vapor standpoint, we can all join hands and sing Kumbaya because every vapor should agree at this point that because everybody was freaking out on Facebook if somebody says oh I want a particular a particular political candidate uh, and and friends were going oh they're all outraged and stuff I, I don't get that uh, as I said I uh, I am a supporter of Trump um, I'm glad he's won I, I think my uh, the, the prayers for safety continue put it that way uh, and uh, and things are feeling okay as far as that. I, I feel relief. I think everybody feels relief. Um, and there are some people that I guess are protesting right now in Oakland, and they might make it over into uh, San Francisco. And I really uh, disrespect these current crop of protesters. I've been in the Bay Area my entire life, and, and I've seen a lot of protesters over the days. I, I've been in protest. I've uh, I've hung out at uh, Earth Days, and I've uh, been to you know uh, seen protests in Golden Gate Park. I've seen the Grateful Dead even in Golden Gate Park, and uh, and so I understand what a protest is. But why the hell are they attacking the cars? Because they're going in there, and, and and let's let's put it a different way. They're they're shutting down freeways, but so who they're attacking and who they're messing with is, is little mothers and, and you know driving their kids back and forth, and and people that are you know trying to get to work. They are blocking their freeway. They are ruining people's days, and they're and they're doing it in Oakland. Well, Oakland, uh, they'll shut down a freeway, and then you know depending on the event, they'll torch cars. Now these aren't people that live in Oakland. No, these are people that drive into Oakland going, we can be as bad of people as we want because it's Oakland and uh, nobody cares. So they're driving in. These are not their, their streets. They're not locals uh, for the most part. They'll, uh, maybe they're in from San Francisco. You, you don't want to get, anyway, who knows. Uh, but there are protests, and I really think that when you have 
uh, mothers, you have appointments, you have uh, people trying to make it out to uh, on a vacation. Uh, you know, uh, say a uh, father's picked up their kids and they're trying to take them, you know, out to see. And, and they're blocking the freeways from these people. And, and the worst thing is you've seen the films of the protesters now and they're blocking the streets and they're doing it by just holding their hands and standing in front of a line. Now, I don't know why people... Uh, respect this holding of hands thing. I guess the theory is that if anybody places a finger on another person, that that is some sort of assault. Now, I don't believe that's the case, but uh, fortunately I've never had to figure that one out. But they're blocking these streets for hour, for an hour or, or a half an hour. They're blocking these streets for a good long time. And the thing is that once that congestion, once that freeway has that break and once those cars pile up after 20 minutes it's a cascade we're talking miles of backup screwing people just left and right and and pretty much in california it's uh you know they, they it was 60 40 i think it was 61 39 and so they're going and screwing with 39 oh we're sorry 61 percent of the populace and I, I don't I don't understand the purpose of the modern protesters. Uh, I understand they'll get on TV, uh, and for some reason they don't get arrested. Why Why is that? Why is it that they don't do the the standard? Let's arrest three or four of them, and the rest of them are going to go. Oh shit! We don't want to get arrested, and they'll go home. Why don't they just do that just a little bit? Not saying to pull the water cannons out or anything crazy, but you know. If you see somebody screwing around, like if if they all have their arms uh, outreached and they're they're stretched across the freeway, well, either take out the middle or the flanks, but you know arrest a couple on the ends and arrest a couple in the middle and and arrest the one that is shouting, uh, you know everybody join hands because obviously they are actively doing an act of uh, sure civil disobedience, but it's also an infraction you can be civil civilly disobedient but to be civilly disobedient you can't break the laws anyway i think uh segueing out into just why i think all vapors should be happy with trump is because he's better he's better for vaping now we so everybody got all upset we didn't you know some people don't want to say who they wanted to, to win and all that stuff so all of that throw it all off to the side we don't have to talk about it because it's a done deal Let's just talk about what we're going to have in 70 days, I believe, or 69 days, if I want to be so totally accurate. In 69 days, we're going to have, is it 69 or 71? I'll just use 70. In 70 days, we're going to have Trump in the White House. Now, that's just the facts. And so what's good is that's good for vapors because I think that we knew what the status quo is. And the status quo is a pretty hard journey. And as I said before, if it's a tough mountain to climb. But if you're with a team of mountain climbers, it's just a mountain. So it, it, it's available. Uh, and obviously via Vaping Industry Alliance, blah, blah, working on PMTAs all together, blah, 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 blah. You've all heard it. Uh, and that's still, I'm still working on that, believe it or not. And uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm not going to go out of this industry and say, eh, I gave up at the PMTA. At, at the PMTA level, I gave up. 
Now, I know plenty of good ca uh, companies out there that are going to go and get past the PMTA. Some of this sounds just like I've said it before, and so I'm trying not to say it again, so I won't. Trump for vapors is better for vaping than Hillary would have been. I think that is a definition that we all can agree. And the next level, and I haven't thought enough about this, is how can the new administration help out vapors? So that's something I think people should think about. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about uh, so, everybody should be happy as far as our current uh, political climate. Uh, I don't, I'm not talking about, well, I just did talk about the people in the streets. I know that there's some people, some kids, some millennials that are upset. But if you look at uh, the voting, uh, everything that the media has been doing as far as the portrayal of this election has been on a racial basis. And I can't believe, uh, you know, as, as a native son of California, that this much racism is being put out on the major networks. Everything is being categorized by race. Everything, you know, uh, you know, as far as I can tell, uh, there's uh, it's always black, white, Latino and other as if in California, the Asian population is is massive. And so how the hell uh, can they consider, uh, you know, all, all these uh you know, I, I, eh. It's very disappointing as somebody who grew up in California to see the national media giving a portrayal of the voting populace in racial terms. That's all they use is race, race, race. How many times did you hear them saying the, the, the stratification of what the economic uh, percentage is? Because I'll, I'll give this one away crime is related to poverty okay one more time crime is related to poverty now you can add one more in there heroin a lot of people who are on heroin uh, have their lives destroyed I watched a HBO thing on what heroin is doing to uh when he, New England, all the all the New Englands, you know, all, all these, uh, you know, uh, people in Massachusetts, these people with these big accents and stuff, you know, these these characters of life, you know, that live off in there, and they're they're just being killed by the heroin. It's bad. Uh, so that was a real awkward segue, but California. Uh, it's a huge disappointment, uh, and and I'll I'll speak because of I'm, I'm feeling some relief by the fact that I know that for vaping we have the best of the two political candidates available to help our industry. That's clear. Uh, but what happened in California? I guess I'm done. I guess at this point. Um, Everybody in California is done. It, we, everything that could be done to vapors has been done to vapors now in California. We're we're, we're fully filleted, uh, uh, you know. Uh, we're we're peeled uh, and pickled. Uh, th there will be some sort of. I believe that the theory that uh, it's a 68% tax on vaping products is not correct. And the way I have that information is um, 
that I've read the law and it says it's supposed to be an equivalent tax. So the only way to make it an equivalent to a pack of cigarettes is that there has to be some sort of ratio of what the, the cost would be. There could be some analysis where some people would say that you take uh, a $7 pack of cigarettes and you say that there's going to be $2.85 of, let's say it's about $6 in California. Maybe let's call it six fifty. Let me break out a calculator and not try and do it in my head. So uh six fifty. So two point eight seven. So it was eighty seven cents. Now it's two dollars and eighty seven cents divided by six point five is forty four percent. So I think some people were thinking that if you took a ratio like this, that it would make sense. And I don't think it does. So say if it was 44%, that would make uh, it on a 30 mil, well, 44% times, uh, I believe it's collected at retail. Um, yeah, it's charged at retail. Um, star uh, 22 so they're trying to claim that it's going to be nine dollars and and seven uh 71 cents per 30 mil bottle if you use the ratio theory and uh i know that that there's been some several different people have met with the boe and the the one person that i was able to talk to that has said that uh they didn't know how it was going to be calculated. Uh, that there, that the Board of Equalization, which is the tax board in California, did not know precisely and exactly how to make an equivalent equivalency of a cigarette tax on the vapor category. They just didn't know. Um, and so that's what's happening in California. That's what happened in California in the vote. Now. The, the last topic I had was advocacy, and I just have to say that I'm just disappointed in what the advocacy out there, and some people, everybody knew it was going to be a tough fight. Almost, there was a one, uh, there was the odds of, <sighs> if if we give the, the lawsuit a 5%, let's give it a 10% chance, uh, which is aggressive. And let's say yeah, California was about a 20% chance, twice that of a lawsuit to get through. 20% chance of that, 80% chance that it would have passed as it did. So there was a pretty reasonable chance to, you know, and remember when you have two to, well, one in five odds, when you have one in five odds, which is 20% of, uh, if you have one in five odds, uh, now I've tried to do math in my head again and, and broken my point. Hold on a second. I had I had a clearer spot where I was going, but I don't think it's going to be 68%. And there's no easy way to characterize what a SIGA-like should be. Because a SIGA-like, you can make the argument that that SIGA-like is 
two packs. You can say it's half a pack. You can say it's 10 cigarettes. You, you're going to have to come up with a different way of doing it. And I think that there's, it's not an easy solution. So we don't know what the tax is going to be. But it, I believe that the only fair way to do it, it has to have some calculation of a ratio between a pack of cigarettes and the equivalent e-liquid. And that's the, it has to have some unit of measure built in somehow. Because otherwise, it's, there's no equivalency. Um, for, for, you could say, a pack of cigarettes, it can't be consumption-based. So it's a dilemma. So we don't know. I don't believe it's going to be 68 cents. I think it could be, I, for a 30 mil bottle, uh, I think the, you know, I, it just doesn't a 30 mil bottle doesn't last as long as a pack of cigarettes to some people to a lot of people to a lot of people um, so would two bucks on a, on a 30 mil bottle would that be appropriate yeah I think two bucks uh, considering considering that the law has passed do I think two bucks on a 30 mil would be fair and a buck on a seven dollar sig alike could be fair you know, on a views, yeah, maybe, but we'll find out. We'll find out as as time goes by. But what happened in California is that I just, I I don't I don't know what to make of advocacy at this point because if you're not going to fight the battles or even make the attempts in California, all of the advocacy groups, um, and and I mean that generically right now, if California isn't a priority of to every single one of the vaping advocacy groups. I you know I don't know whatever will be because what we'll have is politicians that will try and move something, and they're just going to look to see what uh, California did. It's it's a bad situation, but why it should have been a priority for so many of the advocacy groups um, is that things do cascade from California out to the rest of the nation, and if nothing else, there's going to be some real battles and and. In new Pennsylvanias and in in new Chicago's in different places where some of these things have hit. I think Alaska was having a problem. I know that Washington was having a problem. It's just going to get worse. Now, what I can say as a Californian is, it's not going to get any worse for me. I, California has now been brutalized as much as as it's kind of like California is now what smokers are. There's really nothing else that they can do to a smoker to make them uncomfortable, shunned, shamed, uh, you know, everything, everything possible thing. Uh, it's already done. So now in California, it's kind of the same thing. It's it, You're shunned. You're called a, a douchebag. I've never been called a douchebag because of my vaping. It's because of my vaping. Uh, and uh, I don't know. It, it it won't get any worse. I don't think it can get any worse. We'll have to figure out something to do with this tax. You know, fight the tax. You know, fight. Talk to the board of Air equalization about the tax and what would be a fair way. I would. You know. I'm sure there's people working on it. It's not nothing that I've done. 
uh, and the last time I talked to somebody about the Board of Equalization was a couple of months ago uh, when I did a, a show. Uh, I think I actually did that with Cynthia. I think that that was when uh, I think uh, I think I think Cynthia Cabrera was the person I was talking to that about. Anyway, I'm disappointed with the advocacy because I just don't think it just to me it seemed to fall short. And it's like all the vapors have been putting money into Casa, you know, businesses have been putting money into Safada and, you know, and I'm going to leave out not blowing smoke because I know that they were doing something with 56. So I'm, I'm going to peel off which ones I think I can peel off. Uh, there's some of these newer groups like CSFO that I don't know very much about at all. Um, but it just seems like we had all of this apparatus set up. And there was a lot of focus that went on to Aaron Biebert's uh, movie, uh, A Billion Lives. Now, I haven't seen the movie yet. Um, there's a lot of good places to see it. Uh, I think that now now it's actually in convention circuits and things like that, uh, which is a good thing. Um, but <sighs> people were talking about A Billion Lives, but what, what happened in California was more significant than a premiere. The election was more significant than a premiere. And this, I'm not to take anything away from uh, Aaron Bieber, but, uh, you know, this was a California state proposition. What happened is that California kind of spearheaded these propositions. But we know that when it was made, medical marijuana was maybe 15, 20 years ago now, uh, was made... When did they make it legal? I'm going to say 15 years ago. Uh, 15 years ago, uh, it was uh, medical marijuana was made legal in California by a proposition. This election period, there was, I think, eight other states, or eight or seven, uh, had uh, it on the ballot. And so, in the same period of time where electronic cigarettes were taxed, marijuana was legalized and somehow you know vapors are really the problem was and I agree with if anybody's thinking that, that we really got screwed by Leno in this case because Leno changed the definition of uh, tobacco products and then this thing swept in it, it was a uh, Leno got what he wanted. There's no other way to say it. Senator Leno in California got what he wanted and uh, shoved it down the throats of all of the Californians. Uh, if that's something that makes him proud, uh, I guess it can make him proud, but uh, it, it it's not going to save lives and, and all the rest of it. It's not going to mitigate the damage that the LGBT community is experiencing, uh, Senator Leno, so uh, don't be too proud of yourself. Um... But I don't think there's anything else that can happen uh, to a vapor. Uh, the next thing that will happen will be the taxes. Uh, and that's that's going to be the biggest hit. So now we need to figure out how to absorb that. And the next hit, oh, <laughs> what am I thinking? The next hit in uh, about two years uh, will, will be... Uh, uh, no, it's going to be three years. Uh, three years minus three months. So uh, what is that? Uh, in 33 months, uh, things could get uh, taken off the market. Um, 
that's how long away we are uh, from anybody that isn't going to register their products. Anyway, so that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, so it's there's the there's the positive with we have on the federal level of the two candidates, the one that is by far the most vape friendly. Hillary was going to be an extension of Obama. Obama created the Family Tobacco uh, Control Act, the Tobacco Control Act. The Tobacco Control Act caused this to happen uh, to vaping. Uh, I believe that 2008, the Obama administration is the only administration that's ever attacked vaping. Of course, I'll agree that it's coincidentally timed and spaced to be... Uh, I think uh, the prevalence of vaping in the United States at 2008, uh, anything in 2007 was so under the radar. Uh, so I think that uh, when Obama won, 2008, 2009, yeah. Um, so there's not much else that uh, can be done. To me, in California, as a vapor, uh, I'm I'm very concerned for the vape shops. Uh, but that that you know the the vape shops are going to be uh, it, that that's the place where they could be really affected. Now, I think that it, I don't think it should be dire because I think that uh, a good franchisee uh, should be able to figure it out. And I'm going to cut myself off at the legs here because I just did see a new message today. Let me go pick that up. Oh, come on. Okay, this is from our British blokes over in the UK. Oh, that's terrible. Let me put another pause in here. So this was released today. Uh, at least it was edited. And this is a press statement from Totally Wicked. And Totally Wicked is one of the old boys uh, on the e-liquid scheme. So Totally Wicked, uh, the Brant, uh, the Branton, Florida-based electronic cigarette company. I thought they were based. I thought they were based in the UK for some reason. Um, what the what this says is uh, has decided it's time the vaping industry and its customers Totally Wicked. Uh, Understand the reality facing them all. Totally Wicked arrived in the USA in 2008 and established the very first American brick and mortars vape shop. I don't know if that's the true. Everybody, I've, I think that the Vapor Spot was the first or first one out there, but uh, I could be wrong. Since then, uh, maybe the Vapor Spot uh, down in North Hollywood and up in Sacramento, uh, that that one. Uh, maybe that was the first that looked like a bar. These guys are saying the very first the very first brick and mortar. Uh, I don't... Anyway, they've been around, obviously. Since then, we have built up a credible business with a proud history of standing on vapors, uh, standing for vapors' rights. We challenged the FDA in 2010 when it was illegally uh, impounding our goods and in, the, uh, and in Europe in 2015 and challenged the EU tobacco directives. As a business, we operate in both the EU and the USA and have a lawyer, loyal customer base. Uh, we've always done our best and uh, operate in an ethical way. 
I'm trying to paraphrase now. However, it is clearly the FDA is uh, as they are actively shut down. However, this is clearly not enough for the FDA as they have actively shut down this vibrant interest. With a stroke of a pen, the FDA demanding fantastical, unrealistic pre-market tobacco authorizations for a product that contains no tobacco at the cost that is prohibitive to all but tobacco giants and bears no relation to the product's risk or indeed its remarkable potential compared to the raging tobacco epidemic. <clears throat> it is designed quite simply to destroy the industry. By the end of 2018, there will be no independent vaping industry left within the USA. Unless Congress decides to look deeper into this, or indeed the legal system is willing and able to hold uh, the FDA to account for its fallacious representation of the risks that it is that it has used to justify this regulatory abomination. I like this writer. In 2018, we will be forced to close our business, but we are not going to meekly go away. So again, that's this is from Totally Wicked. In 2018, they are saying they're going to close their business now, but we won't go away meekly. We fully intend to use what time we have left to benefit our customers and inform as many people as possible as to the scurrilous claims emanating from the FDA. We intend to give back to all of those that had helped us to become successful to their friends and their relatives yet to make a switch and to the American people who have embraced an ethical, hardworking, customer-focused business and made us the company we are. We intend to offer all of our products at even more affordable prices, ensuring that the FDA does shut... That, that when the FDA does shut us down, as many people as possible will have benefited from the product that the Public Health England classifies as a minimum 95% safer product than a traditional tobacco cigarettes. Hence, this amount, uh, hence, this announcement today, we... We have a duty to be honest with our customers and with our staff. It is currently impossible to see any way through the impasse the FDA is imposing on our businesses like ours across the USA. We will continue to support our customers and provide employment to our staff as long as we possibly can. Totally Wicked in the USA will close its doors in September, in the summer of 2018, not because we want to, but because the United States government is demanding that we do. Mealy mouth platitudes will continue to be used to justify its actions and castigate businesses like ours and criticize our unwillingness to comply with citizens protecting with citizen protecting legislation. Well, okay, so there that that part's not it. That our un, unwillingness to comply with citizen protecting legislation. So that there's a comma next. Um, they're talking about either Cole Bishop or HR twenty fifty eight. Uh. While the truth is denied on an opening share an open share. Next sentence. What we left is again a tobacco monopoly uh which holds its trophy which holds its trophy vaping products up a talesman of change. Talisman talesman. Uh, should Wikipedia that. Uh, while continuing to sell endorsing and and, and while continuing to sell endorsed and enforced by the United States government smoking products that kill hundreds of thousands 
of American citizens each year. Corporate greed and craven political capitalism is the true story. The government and its federal bodies char- charged to defend and protect its citizens have failed the American smokers, while the majority of the rest of the world is moving towards an enlightened position on the transformational potential of customer vaping products, consumer vaping products, the U.S. will retrench itself with a year zero firestorm that is all right, that is already all right in the USA and will consume all independent vape shops like ours in 2018. These are the facts. That's what it says. For more information, go to a link. And that's uh, signed by Jason Mal, uh, Malarstick, Malarstick, Jason Malarsik, Chief Operating Officer, and Stacy Cropper. Uh, so uh, Malarsik. All right. So that's that is a very well written. Uh, post that was made today uh, you can go and see that on the Totally Wicked site if you like and let me uh, post this link in the chat if anybody uh, wanted to have that alright uh, so how many people are here I'm going to take a break here and play a song so it's a song space break so it's about five minutes I'll try and find a song that uh, would be agreeable to the most amount of people no more clash alright so what this is again is a broadcast that was done by Dimitri which is of Mitch Zeller being asked questions uh, so uh, this is something I think that will eventually be put up onto the FDA site uh, because I'm pretty sure, although I'm not so sure, I might be sure, there's a chance I may be sure that uh, that if Mitch Seller is putting out public communications uh, from the CTP that he has to make them available to every participant, uh, every company. So he can't give special information to some companies. So... I think this actually will be made available either publicly uh, to everyone uh, or to through the FDA. I'm hearing a little bit of feedback here, and I'm just checking, see what that might be. I hope I'm not getting a short here in my microphone. Let me jiggle it. Not that part of it. Shit. Bastards. Oh. Uh, seems to be having some mechanical failure here. Hold on. Uh, this will be just a short song.
Alright, uh, so ah, now the microphone's too hot. Not having good time here with my technical. My technical team is uh, failing me. Alright, so what this is and uh, is the tape of Mitch Zeller being asked questions. Dimitri played some of the tape and that is the sum of the tape that I have at the beginning he'll you'll hear him say how he's he's skipping the 10 minutes that was talking about PMTAs something that I'm very interested in hearing uh, I haven't heard all of this but what I'm going to go ahead and do is play the questions and play Zeller and then skip past the Dimitri part people should go to smokefreeradio.com to listen to the whole broadcast from Dimitri with Dimitri's opinions so uh, apologies to Dimitri for having I'm not trying to just use his show as uh, as a boilerplate for my show not trying to do that right okay I'm gonna play it here this is uh, from the Spada conference down in Florida and the question that that is being posed to him. This is about 10 minutes into the interview. The first, he talks about the PMTA and all that stuff. I'm not going to bore you. You know what he says about that. Oh, yeah, the PMTA, sure. Everybody can go down through that path, even though I will play a little bit later on what he says about closed systems. So the question that's posed to him here is, it's a multi-stage question. Okay, so, yeah, there. The PMTA stuff is not going to be coming out. I would like to hear that, so I'll continue to search for the rest of the recording. Why is the FDA's deeming rule more stringent for e-cigarettes than it is for combustible cigarettes? And I think that is a valid argument. It's something that we challenged in court. Why is it easier to put a cigarette on the market? Because it is. Waiting for the start. The CTP director at the FDA, Mitch Zeller, had to say. As a small manufacturer myself, I can completely relate to the concern, confusion, and disappointment in the industry relating to these regulations. Recently, Forbes quoted the Royal College of Physicians report on electronic cigarettes to say, in normal conditions of use, toxin levels of inhaled e-cigarette vapor are probably well below prescribed threshold limit values for occupational exposure, in which case significantly long-term harm is unlikely. Given this report and the note prof noted profound health impact electronic cigarettes may have, how can the FDA release regulations that appear to be much more stringent than combustible tobacco cigarettes, which are known to cause over 480,000 deaths per year? How can this be, given the millions of individuals and hundreds of physicians who have claimed this product has helped them and their patients, where combustible tobacco has proven the exact opposite? Furthermore, do these regulations not push out the small manufacturers and the small businesses and hand the industry over to big tobacco, given the financial burden it proposes. What? Okay, so that is a really long and complex question, uh, and basically it's saying e-cigs are safe. Uh, why are you allowing a, a, a more more deadly product out there, like cigarettes? Um, and that's cigarettes are called more. Why would you let out deadly cigarettes? Yeah, so I understand the question. It's I, I prefer questions that are a little more segmented. Uh, let's see what he'll... I, I think what he's going to say is that uh, it's the FDA is not 
doing it. It's the Congress that's doing it, and they just have to carry it forward. So well, let's hear what he'll say. All right. I, I, first of all, I hope everybody can uh, hear the audio. The person that's posing the questions is Shell Hamill, the vice president of SPADA. I was thought we'd get the answer here. Um, um, it, this is great. So I hope everybody can 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 hear the. The audio is great. I mean, for a cell phone, I don't hear any background noise. I don't hear anything like that. So it's a it's a great audio. Um, that's why I'm using it. Audio and and like I said this is from a cell phone, so this is the best that I could do. But brace yourselves. If you have not heard this, or if you have not followed some of the blog I do after the interview panel advocate but brace for what mitch zeller replies that's a lot to address um l let me start with that's a lot to address um l let me start with a, a a fundamental point the regulation of tobacco products is based upon the law the family smoking prevention and tobacco control act as such the regulation of e-cigarettes is not more stringent than for other tobacco products uh there we go i mean he hasn't even started to reply lie in my 2016 sentence products is not more stress that is, um uh, it's it's bullshit we're absolutely aware of the we are absolutely aware of the anecdotal reports okay so what i'm going to do because i'm going to try and edit this up a little bit there i'm going to be inserting blanks for the live listeners um dead spots of air so i can go and try and clean this up uh let me see how many of them you are how many are them you are if? That's wrong, too. Hold on. I see. Uh, okay. I am not going to worry about you guys. There's only a couple that I see here. I see four there and two over here. Six. And we have the biggest layer right in that simulation of vapor products is not more BS. That is BS. And I should have had some kind of a fancy you know, shit. It really is. We are absolutely aware of the anecdotal reports about individuals using. E we are absolutely aware of the anecdotal reports about individuals using e-cigarettes to help them quit. But we can't make population level policy on the basis of anecdotal reports. There have also been anecdotal reports about hypnosis and... and okay. Talking about anec anecdotal evidence. I mean, hypnosis and blog, you should. says that the FDA should be required, has in its own survey documenting that two and a half million former smokers... Right. It's a lie. Anecdotal evidence. Rather than American Legacy Foundation Oops, and that stopped the or we've issued an order authorizing the marketing of those products. Sorry, I hit the wrong However, <laughs> as we indicated in the final deeming rule in that period of review, where combustible about hypnosis and, oh, and acupuncture helping smokers quit, but this didn't turn out to be true when they were studied in a more rigorous way. We note that no e-cigarettes have been approved as cessation aids, and the scientific data to date is insufficient to conclude that e-cigarettes are an effective cessation aid. Lie. 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 
former smokers are using vaporated at this point last two years how many people have quit smoking in the past that we deny the straight face given it's not to say that we deny the anecdotal reports there's no doubt that the the individuals um, who have told us that it was e-cigarettes that helped them quit we we don't contest the authenticity of of those reports but when it comes to cessation and recommendation but you just said you just said 30 seconds ago that you don't have any evidence now you're saying you're not contesting that you don't have any data these people are anecdotes foundations we would we would recommend that smokers who want to quit use proven cessation aids until and unless e-cigarettes are shown to be effective in helping people quit. How much money do you think GlaxoSmithKline has paid this motherfucker to say this stuff? To quit smoking? Are you kidding me? And while there are financial costs in bringing regulated products to market, the public has the right to products whose ingredients, exposure to harmful constituents, and toxicities are known, and that FDA has concluded that allowing them on the market is for the protection of public health. FDA is required to use a population-level health standard. And that means that we have to take into account whether the products are being used by kids and young adults, being used in combination with other tobacco products, rather than by completely switching from cigarettes, and whether they discourage tobacco cessation or encourage relapse back to tobacco use among former users. So, Okay, so what he is saying there is... It's it's all been written into the documents themselves. Everything that Zeller just said there is already documented. It's it's not a change. And while there are financial costs in bringing regulated products to market, the public has the right to products whose ingredients, exposure to harmful. Where the royal. So, I'm going to play the this product by how in people forty four million and a four hundred forty thousand Americans that number from 400 that affects population These are lies and at what point is us as consumers this person it's going to be difficult to, to clean this all half, up so that's why and i know i'm we saying we go to smoke radio to listen to this whole thing i mean donald trump wants to sue everybody all right let me get on to the next question college of physicians report as well as a plethora in the College of Physicians report, as well as a plethora, and this is kind of a follow-up question for that one, um, as well as a plethora of scientific study papers published using real-world conditions considered regarding the regulations. If not, why not? And yes, if yes, how so? Right, I don't, I don't this, understand this the question. This is really going to piss you off. I, and I know Shannon's in, I know she's dating somebody from the UK. Right? I don't but understand the question. Come back, asked as physicians that prestige the FDA answer. And it's available at the time. FDA considered all. This is uh, from the Spada conference Shit. down in. I just lost my spot. Additional NRT methods to costs in bringing regulated products to market. 
The public has the right to products whose ingredients, exposure to harmful cons- And two and a half million have switched to a less harmful product than smokers in the United <laughs> is... If you estimate that 440,000 Americans die every and have quit, and it will extend their lives, sue this person. We sue the FDA on the lawsuits and say, you called what my doctor said about me. Let me. That's what we should do. That's what we should do. All right, let me get on to the next question. College of Physicians report, as well as a plethora, and this is kind of a follow-up question for that one, um, as well as a plethora of scientific studies. Can we do it? <laughs> All right, let me get on to the next question. College of Physicians report, as well as a plethora, and this is kind of a follow-up question for that one, um, as well as a plethora of scientific study papers published using real-world conditions considered regarding the regulations. If not, why not? And yes, if yes, how so? All right, and this this answer is really going to piss you off. And I know Shannon's in. I know she's dating somebody from the UK, right? This is Shannon. This is really going to piss you off. This answer is going to make your blood boil. So I don't know. I mean, if you want to just take a break, go in the kitchen, make your sandwich, and come back. Flat out asked, as we have many of most prestige. Call. Listen to his answer. FDA considered all data available at the time the rule was written, as well as public comments on the proposed rule. And as regards the Public Health England report. The patterns of e-cigarette use in England are very different from what we're seeing here in the... What? What? The pattern of e-cig use is... Yes. For example, here... Where is this guy getting this from? The U.S. For example, here we've seen an explosion of e-cigarette use by kids. England has not. We have seen primarily e-cigarettes being used in conjunction with other tobacco products, whereas England has seen more complete switching to e-cigarettes. Hold on a second. Oh my god, tell me that the UK vapes different thing, that their patterns are different. And flavors than has been seen in England. What? What? <laughs> I was just in England at the least at the least about the potential benefits and harms of these products are different here in the US than they are in England. With the push for combustible tobacco users this is not, this is not going as uh sleamously as I would have liked uh at all. So uh let me keep on trying. This is uh from Oh god. I'm going to just try and find uh, the spots that look like they're Zeller talking and, and put them together. Cigarettes being used in conjunction with other tobacco products, whereas England has seen more complete switching to e-cigarettes. Hold on a second. Leads from us, not mid-Zeller. Greater diversity of e-cigarette products and flavors than has been seen in England. What? What? <laughs> I was just in England at the least... Agency, we review. I'm kind of bypassing this question here for a little bit because cigarettes uh, is derived from tobacco, which it is. They recall FDA initially acted to regulate e-cigarettes as drug delivery devices. All right, here's another section. Hopefully, they recall FDA initially acted to regulate e-cigarettes as drug delivery devices. So here's the question well, about society. Here's the question about why does the FDA why not create its own category? 
And the response is what I told you that he said at the TMA last year, where he basically blamed the vape. Health impact. Did the FDA ever consider placing these products in their own category rather than in a category with tobacco? I got to say there's a certain irony in this question because, as you may recall, FDA initially acted to regulate e-cigarettes as drug delivery devices. Now, if you would see the smirk in his smile when he gives this answer, just, oh, just one industry that resulted in a court decision that e-cigarettes that are not making therapeutic claims meet the definition of a tobacco product and should be regulated under the Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Act. I believe that the industry does not believe that these belong in either category. So was it ever considered to put them in their own category? The courts in the lawsuit brought by the e-cigarette industry concluded as a legal matter that when the nicotine in e-cigarettes is derived from tobacco, which it is, in the absence of a therapeutic claim, by law it meets the statutory definition of a tobacco product. That was the court ruling, and FDA has announced its acquiescence to that court decision. If, if the industry thinks that there should be a different statutory category, that would require Congress reopening the statute and changing everything. But we are following the law um, as stated to us by the courts in a lawsuit brought by the e-cigarette industry. Did that give you flashbacks of va- the vaping Greek, his answer there? <laughs> did, did that ring any bells to you, what I haven't been saying here for the last... He's basically saying, hey, it's the e Constitutes a reasonable sampling fee for customers to try an e-liquid. And would a paid yearly or monthly membership be acceptable... I think this has been asked and answered so many times, but let's go and hear it. Or allowed for sampling. So now we get into some of the questions that we've talked about here. Ah. And I talked about VCC being here in Tennessee this past weekend. We've been getting a lot of questions about the free sampling issue. So here's what I can say. Retailers are prohibited from distributing free samples of tobacco products to customers. However, they're not prohibited from, say, for example, offering significant discounts on the kinds of sampling kits they're now pro- they now provide for free to entice first-time users. But we know that there's a lot of interest in this issue, and, and given the public's interest in the free sample prohibition provision, we intend to issue guidance in the future to try to further clarify our interpretation of this provision. Okay, so I have to circle back to the <laughs> membership because we... Did anybody, did anybody get understand? Uh, what, what did, this have is, that with so question many... a lot. As to whether if, if, if an individual comes in, you check their ID, you verify that and give them a membership in their name and verify ID every single time, would that be against the regulations? Or so so the same if, way. if you do a membership, you pay $20 or what? The question that's been this, brought up a lot, and I know some people are doing Yeah, and I, I can't address an individual fact pattern like that until we get through this by the issuance of a new guidance. It's a fair question, and we understand that there are a number of questions that have been asked of us on this issue that we have not yet been able to answer with specificity, and that's why we're working on a guidance to try. Does that mean that right now it's um, it's to where they, they can they can do things like that up until they're told they can't? I I can't answer that question. <laughs> so, so, they, so okay, so we're working on the guidance, and as soon as we can get the guidance out, we will be able to respond to these specific questions. If an individual would like to manufacture something new after August 8th, can they register the new product, wait 90 days, and then introduce it to be sold after the 90-day waiting period? Well, the simple... So this is... this. That's clear cut no. in the definition. I don't know why people are arguing this response that he gives. The answer to that question is no. 
As Duh. of August 8, 2016, all newly deemed tobacco products are required to undergo pre-market review and obtain market authorization from FDA unless they're eligible for grandfather status because they were on the market as of February 15, 2007. Manufacturers of new tobacco products can submit an application for pre-market review through one of the three available pathways, pre-market tobacco application, substantial equivalence, or exemption from substantial equivalence. If so exemption and pre-market, you can't substantiate or the horse's ass without a PMT. Will the FDA be deciding on whether these labels meet the FDA's approval? And if so, if they do not meet the approval of the FDA, what will the process be that the FDA takes on the manufacturer? Will they receive a letter or and be given time to change, or will they be required to take it off of the market? It's a complicated question. Let me try to walk you all through um, the statute and our interpretation of the statute. So this is for... for so under Section 905... So will we be able to change... So under Section 905 of the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, every person who owns or operates any domestic establishment that's engaged in the manufacture, preparation, compounding, or processing of a regulated tobacco product has to register those establishments with FDA by December 31st of each year and submit a list of all tobacco products which are being manufactured by that person for commercial distribution along with certain accompanying information including all the labeling. The act also requires a manufacturer to include what the law calls a representative sampling of advertisements for the product. And we've interpreted that statutory phrase, a representative sampling of advertisements, to mean typical advertising material that reflects the full range of promotional statements made for the tobacco product. FDA does not issue approvals for any labels or advertisements submitted under Section 905 of the law. And registration of an establishment or listing of a product with the agency does not constitute FDA approval that the establishment or product listing submission is in compliance with FDA regulatory requirements. By law, it's the responsibility of the registrant to ensure that labeling or advertisements submitted to FDA under that Section 905 provision comply with FDA regulatory requirements. So basically, the responsibility of the manufacturer, but is the responsibility if advertising does not meet the FDA's approval, what will the FDA's procedure be to notify the offender, and what are the possible potential implications? So here in the Center for Tobacco Products, we have an Office of Compliance and Enforcement, OCE. And OCE conducts routine monitoring and surveillance of tobacco That's advertising, labeling, marketing, and promotional activities of the regulated industry. So for example, we monitor the internet, social media, publications. We review complaints that we've received. We're fucked. <laughs> I had to get that in there because if they're monitoring social media. We review the materials including labeling and advertising for compliance with the relevant and applicable provisions of the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act and the implementing regulations that we've issued. So under the act, under the law, a tobacco product is misbranded if its labeling or advertising is false or misleading in any particular. And in determining whether advertising or labeling is false or misleading, we consider, among other things, the failure to include any health warning label statements. And in addition, a tobacco product is adulterated if it's a modified risk tobacco product that's been sold or distributed 
without the required FDA marketing authorization order. So if our Office of Compliance and Enforcement determines that a tobacco product is not in compliance with the Act, we may issue a warning letter or initiate further action, such as civil money penalties, no tobacco sale orders, all the way to criminal prosecution, seizure, and or injunction. Cowboy hat on. As it stands right now, no small business manufacturer would be able to financially support or navigate the PMTA process and stay in business. If the industry brought... Now that's making an assumption that I don't think you should make, but most people seem to be making that assumption, so I'll just to the up. FDA a modified PMTA process which some small businesses could perform reasonably and seem to address the FDA's concern regarding science and chemical composition, impact on society, health, etc. Would the FDA consider it? We've gotten a number of questions about alternative approaches under the law now that the deeming rule is final. This all starts from the baseline requirements for PMTAs, and that was set by Congress in the law in Section 910 of the Tobacco Control Act. Although the Act permits FDA to require additional information in pre-market applications, it doesn't give us the ability to relax those baseline requirements, those requirements required by Congress in the law. However, we included several ways that industry could reduce the burden of the pre-market application including bridging from published data and the use of master files, as was discussed earlier. Okay, hold on a second. Because <laughs> I have mentioned many times on the show about a PMTA. Some people agree with me. Some people don't agree with me. And that's fine. You are more than welcome to have your own opinion on a PMTA. This is uh, the part that I heard when I was driving. I think he calls me a douchebag right here. They just said, Midzilla just said, that they have made this streamlined process. It's very, very easy. You can use existing data. Well, you did not even use existing data from the Royal College of Physicians. You, the FDA, admitted that the UK vapes different. So how can we submit, since most of the science does come from international and countries that have embraced tobacco harm reduction, unlike this lobby-fucked country... How are we going to submit the shared data if you don't take it under consideration when you're making the deeming rule? So, yeah, you want to make it seem like you've given a pathway to these products. But in reality, you're banning 99.9% .9 of the products on the market. So that's where I get my opinion on the PMTA. I don't know where you get yours, but you're more than entitled to have your own opinion on the PMTA. But you have to listen to what the horse is saying. Uh, for example, the e-liquid manufacturers could submit a master file with the abuse liability data for their products. Or a flavor manufacturer could submit master files about the toxicity of that flavor, which e-cigarette manufacturers could potentially use instead of having to generate that data themselves. We also note that although the PMTA guidance, when final, will provide suggestions on how to meet the statutory requirements under the PMTA pathway, industry can always use alternative approaches as long as they meet the requirements under the statute. The statute was written for cigarettes. There were, it, the statute was... Alternative approaches, as long as they meet the requirements under the statute. The statute... You're entitled, but make sure that you give... Closed for the PMTA draft guidance. Comments on guidances can be submitted at any time, and we encourage industry to submit any suggestions or comments to FDA 
For something like the, the guidance, uh, a written submission could go to the uh, administrative docket that's been created for that guidance, and that can be uh, with the center, uh, probably with our office. Does the Royal College of Physicians study hold any weight on the regulations and reiterate that maybe this regulation could be overreaching and adapt to account for the vast differences compared, compared to combustible tobacco cigarettes? As there are far less stringent barriers to entry for alcohol, which alters your state of normalcy and costs Americans thousands of lives a year, not to mention the impact on society, families, and cost to health care and other programs. See, I think this is a fair question, right? I mean, does the RCP report, which is being used, so does that reiterate that the deeming regulation has embraced the product as a tobacco harm? Consider the Public Health England report. Bullshit. Cigarettes among both youth and adults are quite different in the United States than in England. We didn't feel that the conclusions drawn in that report reflected the potential public health impact here in the United States. For example, see, I don't know why they're able to even come to that type of conclusion um, at all. Uh, so, anybody working on a PMTA, I wouldn't even consider that. Um, because they've overstepped, I believe, In the U.S., right youth use of e-cigarettes has skyrocketed since 2011, but remained low and not increasing in England. And among adults in, US, in the U.S., the primary pattern of e-cigarette use is really in conjunction with the use of other tobacco products like cigarettes, whereas in England, the pattern is more of complete switching. See? <coughs> and we also have to note that that 95% less harmful estimate cited in the Public Health England report, has been criticized by journals such as The Lancet and the British Medical Journal. The key issue for us in the U.S. at FDA in accounting for the potential benefits of e-cigarettes to current smokers is that ours, by law, is a population-level public health standard. As such, we have to, by law, assess the impact on initiation and cessation. So that's where the dramatic increase in youth use of e-cigarettes comes in and where we must also account for whatever the impact on cessation will be if we know, as we do now, that 70% of adult e-cigarette users in the United States continue to smoke regular cigarettes. Okay, so follow-up question uh, regarding I'm going to move um, ahead. This kids. is kids. I'm just going to move, move ahead from this. because One know. that would be less harmful. ...set forth by Congress, except for accessories of newly deemed products, are now subject to regulation by FDA. As a result of the deeming rule, the existing framework that had been in place. This question here is on zero nicotine and tobacco-free nicotine, by the way. Just, um, I missed the, the question part, but this is what, sh what Shell is asking. Is zero nicotine and tobacco-free nicotine uh, captured under their definition? For the previously regulated products, such as traditional cigarettes, has been extended to the newly regulated products. So just as FDA regulates rolling papers as tobacco products because they affect how tobacco is used, the FDA now regulates... For instance, the coil in an e-cigarette. Ha! I remember some douchebag saying that the vapor products are not captured under this, which they are. And I'm not douchebag. In court. And I think that, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be successful because under the definition of the statute. All right. Um, I think this is where I'm going to uh, try and come back to this. Um, because it's so choppy here. I need to get the original recording. Uh, I'm not sure if I should even try to do this uh, because it's 
it's the same levels. So even when I'm looking at it on a on a bar chart here, uh, it's very hard to pick out the right section. So maybe I'll go back and do that. But at uh, at this point, I'm not going to do it anymore tonight. We go back over to the uh, chat room. All right, Duro, have a nice evening.